All praise and thanks belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And may the peace and blessing of Allah be upon his servant and final messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As to what follows my dear respected brothers in Islam, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, as in an authentic hadith, بَدَأَ الْإِسْلَامُ غَرِيبًا وَسَيَعُودُ غَرِيبًا كَمَا بَدَأَ فَطُوبَى لِلْغُرَبَاءِ The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam states a fact in this hadith. He says that Islam began strange. What does that mean? That Islam began strange. From its meanings is that Islam began with a small number of people. And that is its strangeness. And we have the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, and the family of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ammar, Uyasir, Ubilal, a couple of people you can count them, began strange. Also, what it means that it began strange, the teachings were strange. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is coming and preaching to the people not to worship idols. And no one's used to this. This is a strange teaching. Well, Islam came and it is teaching the people how to live their lives. And every teaching that was being addressed and preached was strange at the time. No one was used to this lifestyle. When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, وَسَيَعُودُ غَرِيبًا كَمَا بَدَأْ That Al-Islam, it will return strange, just as it started strange. What does this mean? It means that towards the end of time, those who adhere to Islam are going to be small in number as well. Just like Islam began and its adherence was small in number. And what it also means, as the ulama mentioned, that the teachings of Islam become strange among the people. The teachings of Islam become strange among the people. Allah, this is very true. This is very true. Today, the most basic matters in Islam, people are heedless about. Yani just the definition of Islam. So many don't know what Islam means. When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned that yadrusul Islam, al-Islam would be fading away, would evaporate, would be removed. Yadrusul Islam. Just like the logo on clothing is faded away. When you have clothing and you continue to wash it time after time after time, what happens to the logo and the markings on the clothes? They begin to fade and wipe away. And this is what happens to Islam at the end of time. As the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions, he said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam until a point will come in where people would say la ilaha illallah and they have no clue about as-salat, as-siyam, as-zakat. And they will be questioned about what they're saying. What is this la ilaha illallah you're saying? They would say, أَدْرَكْنَا آبَاءَنَا يَقُولُونَ ذَلِكَ We lived among our forefathers and we heard them say this word. So we continue to say this word. This is how the state of the people that are considered Muslims would become. وَسَيَعُودُ غَرِيبًا كَمَا بَدَأْ It would return strange as it began. Today, you ask the people, what does Islam mean? 
just, just the word Islam, what is its definition? And you'll have different answers. People will tell you Arkan and Islam. And Islam is Ash-Shahada, Salat, Zakat, Siyam, Hajj. These are Arkan and Islam. But what is the definition of Islam itself? The definition of Islam, as an ulama, rahimahumullah, gave and said that Al Islam is to submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with a tawheed declaring his oneness and to submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of obedience that you obey him and no one else you do the commandments and you avoid the prohibitions and the final meaning of Islam is to disassociate from disbelief and all of those who follow it. This is the definition of Islam. And one of the strange matters of Islam today among the people, among the Muslims, is the thing known as Al-Ashhur Al-Hurum, the sacred months. This is something that is very strange among the Muslims as well. Al-Ashhur Al-Hurum. So many don't know what Al-Ashhur Al-Hurum mean and what they are and what makes them special and what do we avoid in these months and as though the entire year is all the same Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says this is what we're discussing al-ashhur al-hurum since we are in one of them right now Allah azza wa jalla he says inna iddata ash-shuhuri 'inda Allah 12 shahran fi kitabillah yawma khalaqa as-samawati wal-ard from when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the heavens and the earth he declared 12 months. And these are the 12 months of the year that we have in the Islamic calendar. Then Allah Azza wa said, Minha arba'atun hurum. From among these 12 months are four months that are sacred. Arba'atun hurum. qayyim. This is the correct upright religion that people should observe the sacredness of four months. And these four months, three come right after each other, and one is separated from these three. And they are the month of Dhul Qa'dah, Dhul Hijjah, or Muharram, that's the month we're in now. And then one comes on its own, and that is the month of Rajab. These three months come together. Dhul Qa'dah, Qa'dah means to sit down, because in the months, the sacred months, it is forbidden to engage in war, to initiate a war, it is forbidden to do so in the sacred months. In the sacred months, this is why they called Muharram or they called Haram, Ash-Shahrul Hurum, because it is Haram initially to initiate war in them. So Dhul Qa'dah, the month of sitting down, sit down, do not initiate war. Then comes Dhul Hijjah, Dhul Hijjah is the month of Hajj. So one month before it was made sacred so that people can come to the Hajj in peace and in safety, not wanting to fight anyone and no one fighting them. And then the Hijjah, people will do Hajj in this month. And then the month after it, which is the beginning of the new year, and that is Muharram, so that people that have finished Al-Hajj can now go back to their towns and tribes without having to have an issue with a war and someone coming and fighting them. And then there comes the month of Rajab. It's known as Rajab Mudar. Because the Arab tribe of Mudar 
used to um, observe its sacredness. And so these months were secret among the Arabs. Before Nabi Sallallahu was sent as a prophet to mankind, they have always been sacred. عند الله إثنا عشر شهرا في كتاب الله يوم خلق السماوات والأرض منها أربعة حرم from them and so the Arab tribes used to really observe the sacredness of these months to the point where if there was a tribe in which a member of theirs were killed and the killer would walk past them during the sacred months they would not touch him no one would touch him لأنه it is a severe sin to approach and harm anyone during the sacred months. Subhanallah. Wallah Azza wa Jalla, he says, فَلَا تَظْلِمُوا فِيهِنَّ أَنفُسَكُمْ Do not wrong yourselves during these sacred months. Don't do any haram in them these months, especially in these months. You see, the idea is the sins are sins. They're haram all year round. Avoid and keep away from sins all year round. But when these four months come, don't you dare approach them. Especially in the four sacred months, keep away from sin. I do what you need to do, but keep away from sin. Don't you dare approach any sin, let alone harm others as well. Because means two things. Do not wrong yourselves. And obviously, if you shouldn't wrong yourselves, then you should not wish harm upon others. Do not wrong and oppress others. This is the meaning of the ayah. Keep away from this. Now the idea of the Ashur al-Hurum, during the time of the Arabs, before Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the Arabs used to play around with the Ashur al-Hurum, with the sacred months. They used to play around with them. How? They used to change them according to what they desire and what they like. Allah Azza wa Jal mentioned this in the Quran. النسيئة, which is to delay. They used to delay these months, move them around. Yani, let's say we have Muharram is a sacred month. So they would say to their people that today and this month, it's here, it's Muharram, but they'll say today is Safar. Today is the month of Safar. Safar is not a sacred month. So then later on, they would say, okay, in Safar, let's put Muharram in that place. They used to mix around the months. It's like someone coming and saying to you, the beginning of the year is December. Then we have November, then August, then June. Then we bring in uh, February after that. And then they, they just flipped and changed around and the entire calendar and count became in ruins. This is what they did. Allah Azza wa said, They would make certain months of the year sacred, and the sacred months, they would make them not sacred. And the non-sacred months would be formed or made sacred, like this, they're playing around. But eventually, if one year would pass by, they would make four months of the sacred because that's what the count is right but Allah anything so they mixed everything around well this is is a serious problem because that's it people had forgotten the original count the correct count has been forgotten so you can possibly fast Ramadan not during Ramadan 
and he could do Hajj other than Dhul Hijjah, it became an issue. So what happened in the last year that the Prophet ﷺ lived in, the final year, and this is his Hajjatul Wada' in the farewell Hajj, and Nabi ﷺ stood on the day of Arafah and he gave a sermon, a khutbah. And he began by saying, Look what Islam does, it recalibrates everything. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stood on Arafah and he said to the people, Inna zaman, the time, the idea of time, The timing, the months, Everything has returned back to normal from the day Allah has created the heavens and the earth. Everything has been collaborated. And today I'm standing giving you a khutbah, or today is Dhul Hijjah. That's it. We've reset the counter. And today is Dhul Hijjah. The next month will be Muharram. And the month before this was Dhul Qa'dah. And these are the correct months now, from now on. From then on, there is no more doubt concerning the months that we have in Islam. Now, when we fast Ramadan, we are actually fasting the month that Allah wants us to fast. But before this, we said the Arabs have destroyed and ruined the count. And now, when we do Hajj, we are actually doing Hajj on its correct time. Because since then, until today, no one has played around with this calendar. And this is from the miracles of Islam that Allah has preserved the count of the calendar that we have. For now we are in the month of Muharram. Um, Muharram is a secret month. And these months, the secret months, and we said three come in a row, Dhul Qa'dah, Dhul Hijjah, Muharram. And we said the greatest command in these months that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would mention specifically in the Quran, that we keep away from sin, we keep away from wrongdoing. And so it's as though these sacred months are a training ground for us, that we sit down and we observe what is the consequence of sins? How dangerous are sins? These are three months we're supposed to avoid the sins and put extra effort to keep away from sins. This is, Yani, during the year, you're perhaps falling in sin and so on. But in these months, you have to keep away from sin. It's a huge deal. It's a huge crime. It's a major thing to commit a sin during the sacred months. The soul, the nafs, is being trained three months consecutive. Rethink the dangers of sin. Rethink the consequence of sin. Don't approach a sin. Beware. Eventually the people of the hellfire ended up in the fire because of sins. And those who last in the hellfire forever was because of the biggest of all sins and that is Al-Kufr. And the sins in and of themselves, if a person continues upon them and does not repent, they eventually lead to Kufr. As an ulama rahimahumullah would say, al-ma'asi baridu al-kufr. That the sins, they're a pathway to kufr. 
They are. The sins are a pathway to kufr. Because if a person commits a sin and continues to commit this sin until it becomes normal in his life, until he no longer decides to declare it, it's a sin. That is a kufr in and of itself. If Allah has said something is haram, won't you come and you say it's not haram? So that he can suit whatever desire that's within you, that in Islam is known as al-istihlal. You have declared what Allah made haram halal, this is kufr. Then now as though you have acted in the position of Allah, and I will decide what is halal and haram. Kufr, ma'ad Allah. But this is what sins do if a person is not aware and continues to follow up his sin with tawbah and istighfar. For we want to share some things about the consequences and the dangers of sins. Since these are the months in which we should be extra careful not to fall in any kind of sin whatsoever. Don't have the attitude during these months like you will have with other months of the year. You cannot. The Muslim cannot do this. And these months were sacred from the day Allah created the heavens and the earth. The first consequence and danger of sins is that the heart slowly and gradually blackens. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, إِنَّ الْعَبْدَ إِذَا أَذْنَبْ نُكِتَ فِي قَلْبِهِ نُكْتَةً سَوْدَاءً Whenever the slave commits a sin, a black dot is inscribed on his heart. There is a black dot placed on his heart. And this is for one sin. And every sin after that, it's followed up with another black dot. And a black dot. The hadith of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, فَإِن تَابَ فَإِن هُوَ نَزَعَ وَاسْتَغْفَرَ سُقِلَ قَلْبُهُ فَهُوَ نَزَعَ If he stops right away and he seeks forgiveness, the heart becomes polished. It becomes white and clear once again. Tawbah is very important. And I was speaking about the people that commit the sin and continue to commit the sin without following it with istighfar and tawbah. Commitment upon the sin. That will gradually blacken the heart. Every sin is a black dot on the heart. Until what? Until the heart itself dies. What is the sign of a dead heart? In Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that the heart becomes كَالْكُوزِ مُجَخِّيًا لَا it can come so bad. The state of the heart due to sins could become so black. And the sign of its death is that a person becomes like this. He doesn't know what's good anymore. And he doesn't know how to condemn al-munkar. He does not know how to condemn the evil. And do you see today in society, you look at communities such as the homosexual community, and you say, I mean, what's wrong with these people? Well, the idea is that the heart has become so black and dead that it does not see the good for what it is, and it does not condemn the evil. The evil, man with man, has become ma'roof. That's become something good. And people that are 
committing unto what Allah has created them upon. Al-Fitrah. That is evil. That's seen as something evil. How, how does a person become like this? How does he become like this? And the pressure is on. The pressure is on people to accept these people. Accept them for what they are. Heck, you have to accept it. We don't accept it. Land of the believer in whose heart is still clean and repents from his dhunub, the heart is crystal, it's clean, he will continue to see the good as good and the evil evil. And according to how much you condemn the evil and you see the good for what it is, according to the state of your heart. The more black, the less this measure will be in your life. Yes, the more black, the less and less you'll see yourself responding to evil. And if it's died, you become one of these people. Everything's all the same. And the heart can die. Allah, he can die. Allah Azza wa revealed to Musa. He said to him, Ya Musa, the first who died from among my creation was Iblis. And that is because he sinned and disobeyed me. And from then on, he did not make it over. And he continues to rebel and transgress against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I consider those who disobey me and continue to sin against me, I consider them dead. Yani the one who sins prepares his heart for death as he's alive. He's walking, but he's dead. You know, there are some people, and this is a, a major sin in Islam, and it is rampant around the world, and that is suicide. You know, suicide, it's become a big problem. Wherever you go around the world, it's become a big issue. Yani tens and tens of people committing suicide a day. Here, we're speaking here. And then overseas, Wallahu Alam the highest without the Yani, they speak about which country has the highest suicide rate. Heather, the one who commits suicide. We're speaking about Yani. Those who commit suicide as a result of their depression and their suffering. The vast majority of case is the blackness of the heart. Such a person is walking around with a dead heart. What does life mean for him anymore? What does life mean for him? He doesn't, he doesn't have Allah in his life. Allah in your life is life for the heart. A dhikr in your heart is life for the heart. It brings it back to life. The one who has no dhikr of Allah, the one who has no Allah in his life, he's a dead man walking. It's only his body that functions. So what's the point of living? And he causes death to himself. And of course, not to make this as a general rule, because there are some people that are actually suffering, have some kind of psychological illness, or he's committed to Islam, or, or so on. And, and eventually, something happens, and he kills himself. Such people, we ask Allah, if they're among the Muslims, that he forgive their sins. But the idea is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your life with dhikr in your life with tawbah in your life continues to revive this heart and keep it alive 
so that people can keep away from these major sins. For even that's the first consequence of sin. The heart gradually becomes black until it dies. Once it's dead, we said, you no longer see the evil as evil, and you no longer see the good as being something good. You will only see the good for being good if it suits your desire, that's all. He doesn't even love the good because Allah loves it. He loves it because he himself loved it. And the believer should love the good because Allah loves it and should hate the evil because Allah hates it. This is part of what is known as Al-Wala'u Al-Bara. Al-Wala'u Al-Bara meaning to love what Allah loves and to hate what he subhanahu wa ta'ala hates. It's a fundamental principle in Islam. You can only do this if you're clean from sins and you avoid sins. Of the one who, whose heart is black and it has died, sometimes you'll see the good good. Not because Allah loves it. Because He desires it. So Allah, everything goes according to what He wants. The second consequence of sins is that it deprives a person from success and barakah in his life. Whose success and barakah is gone. Allah Azzawajal, He says, وَمَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مِنْ أَمْرِهِ يُسْرًا it is only those who fear Allah by implementing His commands and avoiding the prohibitions. Only such people, Allah Azza He would ease their affairs. Easing their affairs, meaning there is barakah and success and ease in their life. There's goodness in their life. Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, he says, opposite to this ayah is true. وَمَنْ لَمْ يَتَّقِ the one who does not fear Allah جل, the one who doesn't have this taqwa of Allah, then Allah will not ease his affairs. Al-barakah is removed from his life. Success is removed from his life. And it becomes difficult. Life becomes difficult. لا, because this person avoided the taqwa of Allah. And avoiding the taqwa of Allah is to commit sin after sin after sin with no repentance. Ibn Sirin, when he lost his wealth, he became bankrupt at one stage. And the people came and said to him, yani, that you have lost, you've become bankrupt. What is this? What happened to you? He said to them, it is a sin I committed 40 years ago. They said to him, what was it? He said, I spoke ill of someone. Someone was poor. I said to him, ya faqir. He insulted someone, some beggar. Look at this beggar. And he, and he said, it, it is a consequence I've been waiting for from 40 years ago. And the ulama that came after him, that commented on this story. Yani were answering the question of how can you remember a sin 40 years ago? He said because their sins were very minimal. There was, you can count their sins on the hands, on the fingers of the hand. So they still remember that this sin, this is its consequence. And this one is that consequence. Subhanallah. Al-Barakah was removed because of a sin. <coughs> That he had committed. This is the story he mentions about himself. And this is what he wants us to understand from what had happened to him. Subhanallah. 
a third consequence and a danger of sins is that you become detached from righteous people and the gathering of righteous people. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu he says, Inna lil fi that the sin it brings hatred in the hearts of people towards the sinner. <coughs> Subhanallah. When he continues upon sin, those around him begin to develop some sort of hate towards him. وَضِيقًا فِي الرِّزْقِ And it restricts provision. وَوَهْنًا فِي الْبَدَنِ And it weakens the body. وَظُلْمَةً فِي الْقَلْبِ And it brings darkness in the heart. وَعَيْشَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهَا She wrote to Muawiyah رَضِيَ اللَهُ عَنْهُ She said, فَإِنَّ الْعَبْدَ إِذَا عَمِلَ بِمَعْصِيَةِ اللَّهِ عَادَ حَامِلُهُ مِنَ النَّاسِ ذَامًّا لَهُ That if a person continues upon sin, then what happens is those who praised him begin to rebel against him and disgrace him. Subhanallah. When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam above these two narrations, he said, مَا تَوَادَّاثْنَانِ فَفُرِّقَ بَيْنَهُمَا إِلَّا بِذَنْبٍ يُذْنِبُهُ أَحَدُهُمَا There are no two people that loved each other. Then they find themselves distant from each other, separated from each other, could be a husband and wife, could be. Could be a friend and his friend. Could be a person and his children. Could be anything. Any two people who loved each other for the sake of Allah, then they were distant from each other. The reason in Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, إِلَّا Because of a sin that one of the two is committing. He has a sin in secret, in private, that he continues to commit and he has not yet repented from it. He does not follow it up with his tilfar. So it catches up to him and it brings upon a feel that others would sense and keep away from him. Subhanallah. This is always the explanation. That's why when we have husband and wife with an issue or two people with an issue, why? What have you been doing? Or what have you been doing? You might find that one of them catches up to what you're speaking. You don't want them obviously to expose themselves and say what they're committing. But open this discussion. Allow them to know that the sin one commits could deprive him from a good relationship with his friend. Another thing, this is the fourth thing, that sins could bring about and its consequence and dangers is that it brings disgrace to the heart. As yani, a shair said, I can't remember who he was, he said, رَأَيْتُ الظُّنُوبَ تُمِيتُ الْقُلُوبَ وَقَدْ يُورِثُ الظُّلَّ إِدْمَانُهَا رَأَيْتُ الظُّنُوبَ I have seen, I've experienced that sins cause heart to die, cause death upon the heart. وَقَدْ يُورِثُ الظُّلَّ إِدْمَانُهَا And continuity upon sin brings disgrace to the heart. Another consequence, deprived from the light of knowledge and deprived of wisdom. Shafi'i rahimahullah used to attend the classes of Imam Malik. And then Shafi'i was a student of Imam Malik. So Imam Malik recognized that Shafi'i was very smart, had a talent. He was, subhanAllah, Allah had given him power of the mind and the intellect. In terms of memorizing and understanding wisdom, mashallah. Imam Malik, he said to him, 
إني أرى أن الله قد ألقى على قلبك نورا فلا تطفئه بالظلمة المعصية. He says I can sense. الإمام مالك السنتي student الشافعي I can sense that Allah عز وجل has given you light in your heart. So do not extinguish it with sin and disobedience. This is true. The light of knowledge and wisdom would be extinguished with sin. And this is why years later, Al-Shafi'i rahimahullah, he had troubles memorizing. It had never happened in his life. He had troubles memorizing. What had happened as he was walking, he saw the ankle of a woman that was in front of him. The ankle of a woman, nothing else. So then he went to Waqiyah, which was another teacher of his. And he says in lines of poetry, Imam al-Shafi'i later on would document this. And he says, Shakawtu ila I went to Waqiyah, my teacher, and I complained to him about the terrible nature of my memorization. Can't memorize like I used to do before. Imam al-Shafi'i, when he wanted to memorize something, he'd open the book, he'd put something on one side so that it doesn't mix with the other side. And he'd quickly memorize it and then move on to the next part of the page. So then Waqiyah said to him, فَأَرْشَدَنِي إِلَىٰ تَرْكِ الْمَعَوْصِ Shuf, his teacher smart. He said to him, avoid sins. And that was the first response to Imam al-Shafi'i from his teacher. He told him, avoid sins. And then he said to him, وقال, نور, نور He said to him, Shafi'i, you better know that al-ilm nur, knowledge is light. And the light of Allah is not given to a sinner. No, it doesn't. It doesn't belong in the heart of a sinner. And this is once again, we're speaking about those who are continuous upon sin does not repent, does not seek forgiveness. Another consequence is that a sin leads to another sin. Allah Azza wa Jal, He says in the Quran, فَلَمَّا فَصَلَ طَالُوتُ بِالْجُنُودِ قَالَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ مُبْتَلِيكُمْ بِلَهَرِ فَمَنْ شَرِبَ مِنْهُ فَلَيْسَ مِنِّي وَمَنْ لَمْ يَطْعَمُهُ فَإِنَّهُ مِنِّي إِلَّا مَنْ اغْتَرَفَ غَرْفَةً وَغُرْفَةً بِيَدِهِ of Talut and Jalut. Talut uh, is the leader of the believers at the time, and he's leading the believers to go to the Holy House and to fight Jalut and his army. So they pass by a river. There is a river. This is the river of Jordan. They're coming by. Allah he said he had revealed to a prophet, and eventually this command was received by. He said to his people, listen up. We're going to cross a river right now. Allah has forbidden us to drink from this river, except a handful. Now, you know, the people have been traveling for a while. Everyone's thirsty. And you see this beautiful, cool river in front of you. It becomes a fitna. Allah wants to test you all with this river. Water is halal. But Allah has made it haram. Hack a test to see if you people cannot be patient on water. What are you going to do with you when you reach the army there? 
And then all of you, when you see the army, you're going to run away. La Allah wants the most pure and sincere of people. So he tested them with a little bit of water. He said to them, Anyone who drinks and commits the sin of drinking from this water is no longer a part of my army. Go back. You're not eligible to come with me and fight uh, uh, Jalut and his army. Allah he says, فَشَرِبُوا مِنْهُ All of them drank from it. إِلَّا قَلِيلًا مِنْهُمْ Except a small number of them, a small number passed the test. But th this is what's beautiful. Ibn Abbas said, Those who drank handfuls, because remember, what was permissible? One handful. Ibn Abbas said, Those who disobeyed Allah's command and drank handful after handful after handful of this beautiful water in front of them, their thirst was not quenched. And those who obeyed Allah and drank one handful, their thirst was quenched. And it was more than enough for them. Allahu Akbar. Al-halal is enough for you. Wal-haram, no, no matter how much you committed, you will never, ever, ever be satisfied from it. You know, you know the people that commit zina, Hoshu once in his life, every weekend, or whenever he has the chance, Yalla, one after the other, after the other, after the other. Hada la'anna al-haram doesn't satisfy. But meanwhile, the one who gets married, bil-halal, hamdu, one's enough. Like, ya'ammi, two's enough. Or three or four's enough, khalas. After that, he doesn't need anymore. Al-halal is enough. Al-halal is satisfying. Shuv al-alcohol, people that drink alcohol on the weekends, Thursday night or whatever it is, across the pub. They don't drink one cup. The 10 cups, he's sitting 10 cups in one sitting. Ten, I can't drink 10 cups of water in one sitting. No one can do that. Al-halal is satisfying. Al-haram, no matter how much you do of it, it is never satisfying. Haggle gambling. Al-gambling is addiction. Gambling is an addiction. You walk in there, one after the other, and then what, you're there next week, and the week after, and the week after, to the point where now there's a new law coming in, to say that before you gamble, you must commit to something you're going to put once that money is finished, you get out. How you can, is that how you control the problem? <laughs> this is their solution. Hakash Shaitan told them control it in this manner. And it's terrible. What work? The only way to control it is to remove it from earth. But that's the idea of sins. One leads to another. And the sad news for that person is that you will never be satisfied. SubhanAllah, for what do people run after when they commit sin? You're running after something you will not be satisfied of. Meanwhile, resort to that which is halal and permissible and Allah loves. Alhamdulillah, you'll find yourself content and satisfied. Now, for this is a major issue concerning sins. One leads to another. And I said to you at the beginning that it could lead to the point where a person could become a kafir. If he normalized this sin in his life, and declares it as being or decides to declare it as being halal, had a kafir. As Allah he says about the disbelievers, he first commits the sin. He begins to justify it, saying, Well, our forefathers used to do this. It's normal. Society does it. What's the next stage? Allah commanded us to do this sin. Had a kafir. Khalas kafir, this person. 
because he ascribed a sin to Allah and said that Allah has declared this halal. This is why a person needs to be careful and follow up his sins with a tawbah and istighfar. From among the consequences and dangers is a person hates himself. Ya Allah, a person will hate himself. Allah says in the Quran, Inna alladhina kafaru yunadawna lamaqtullahi akbaru min maqtikum anfusakum idh tudawna ila al-imani fatakfurun Allah speaks about these believers that have ended up in the hellfire. They will be addressed. They will be told. The hatred that Allah has for you, for those in the hellfire, the hatred that Allah has for you people is bigger and greater than the hatred you have for your own self. If a person can hate himself, how does a person hate himself? If Every time you're called to that which is good, Al-Iman, you reject and you turn away. Takfurun, you reject it. For this is the ultimate of the ultimate, Al-Kafir. But the sinner shares a part of this. The one who continues to commit sin, after sin, after sin, with no repentance, no istighfar in between, eventually it'll catch to him. He'll hate himself. A person can hate himself. And if this person reaches Al-Kufr, we ask Allah to save us, and he's thrown in the fire, he's then told Allah hates you more than you hate yourself. The ninth consequence and dangers of sin is that it deprives you of good. You choose a path of sin, and desires, then you're on this path. And on this path, there are no good deeds. So you're deprived of good. Eventually, a person struggles to pray his prayers on time. Cannot read Quran, sits down for five minutes. Oh, I can't read anymore. It's heavy. Finds himself stingy and greedy and cannot give fi Why? Why has this person been deprived of good? Sins. Sins deprive a person from good. Sufyan al-Thawri rahimahullah from among as-salaf, he said, I was deprived the night prayers for five months because of a sin I committed. Heck, he's telling us, he wants us to know what one sin did in his life. Al-Hassan al-Basri, a man came to him and I said to him, I cannot pray the night prayers no longer. He said to him, your sins have shackled you down. A man came to Hassan al-Basri and he said to him, advise me, how do I pray the night? He said to him, simple, do not disobey him in the day and he'll allow you to stand before him during the night. Very simple. For sins and a continuity of sins without tawbah or istighfar deprives a person from doing the good. And a final consequence I share with you is that the one who continues to commit sin without tawbah or istighfar is deprived from the dua of the angels. Allah Azza wa Jalla says in the Quran, "Al-ladina yahmilun al-arsha wa man hawlahu yusabbihu bihamdi Rabbihim." 
ويؤمنون به ويستغفرون للذين آمنوا حملة العرش those who carry the arsh the eight angels Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was given permission to inform us about one attribute of one of these angels plus one information the distance between his earlobe and his shoulder is a travel of 700 years when Nabi was given permission to give us this otherwise he wouldn't have given us this and that's just one attribute this is one of the angels and there are eight of them that carry this throne they carry the throne. And the angels that are around, they continue to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They declare his perfection by praising him. Subhanallah wa bihamdi. And they believe in Allah. And they continue to seek istighfar for the believers. Allah Akbar, imagine this. The angel from where he is carrying an arsh upon which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. From there they are seeking istighfar. They are seeking forgiveness for the believers. What do they say? They say, They say, Allah, Your knowledge and your mercy has covered every single thing you have created. فاغفر. So forgive. So forgive those who follow your path. Those who follow your path and those who continue to seek istighfar and repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَاغْفِرْ لِلَّذِينَ تَابُوا بس Only those who make tawbah and istighfar are given this dua. They are given this dua of the angels. As for the one who does not seek istighfar and tawbah after his sin and sin after sin, is deprived of this dua. Subhanallah. And the dua of the angels is an accepted dua. Subhanallah. Wallahu alam. And this is what we wanted to bring to your attention since we are now in these sacred months, the month of Muharram. Today is the 9th, tomorrow is the 10th, and it is recommended to fast today and tomorrow. If not, then tomorrow and the day after. The one who does the day of Ashura and a day before and after earns two rewards. The reward of opposing the Jews, the Jews that do not fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that have launched their attack on our brothers and sisters in Gaza. Today is the month of Muharram. We're speaking about its sacred, sacredness, and these people await their arrogance and rebellion against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger. They await the sacred month to do their destruction and their oppression. Upon who? Upon the believers. For the one who fasts a day before and after earns the reward of opposing the Jews. And then he fasts the 10th, he earns the reward of a previous year of sins forgiven. Sins that you remember, sins that you have forgotten about, sins you committed intentionally, unintentionally, sins that you committed jokingly or seriously, all of it is wiped away. We need this day, we need to fast this day because we need the reward. And we need two, two of the reward, right? 
فذيس از عاشورا دو ا داي بيفور اور ا داي افتر اتس بيتر تو دو ا داي بيفور ويتش از توداي ذا ناينث اند ذا تينث بت اف توداي از نوت ايزي اور بوسيبل ذن ذا تينث اند ذا الفنث تراي تو دو تو ديز اند اف يو كانوت اند اي ونت اي دونت ونت تو سي اف يو كانوت بوش يور سيلف تو دو ذا تو ديز بت يعني ذا موست امبورتنت اوف ذيم اول از ذا تينث اند اف ا بيرسون فاستد ذا تينث الون اتس بيرميسيبل اتس فاين لكن يو هاف ميست اوت on the reward and something in the Prophet Sallallahu desired to do had he lived the year after but he didn't but if he did he was going to fast the 9th and the 10th and this is what the sahaba would do after this what the entire ummah has done after this far we push ourselves and we push each other to to do this uh, we fast the 9th the 10th or the 10th and the 11th and we ask Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala most importantly to accept from us to give us the ability to continue to worship him we ask Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep us away from sin and transgression and rebellion ask Allah Azza wa Jalla to save us and our children and our generations to come and we ask him subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us upon the straight path the path that leads us to the paradise innahu wa dhalika wal qadir alayh wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in